the PT How podcast. Our purpose here is to cultivate the advancement and community of the physical therapy profession by furthering the knowledge of students, building a network among physical therapists, and getting the key highlights of A-State's physical therapy program, all through simple conversation. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to episode two. Um, yeah, it's me and Garrett hosting this one. And we'd also like to introduce our special guests, which happens to be two professors here at Arkansas State. We got Dr. Wilkins and Dr. Farley. And uh, yeah, start off with Dr. Farley. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> okay, well, I'm Farley Schweigert. I've been a faculty member here for five years. I am the director of clinical education for the PTA program, and I am the coordinator for the hypotherapy research program here at Arkansas State. Uh, my clinical interest is uh, musculoskeletal orthopedic uh, diagnoses and uh, yeah, just I've been here um, for a good minute. I got here through my um, research advisor, Roy Aldridge, um, who was a longtime faculty member here. He um, was diagnosed with cancer in 2017. In 2018, they asked me to come help him teach. Um, he was he was a pillar. Rachel, he was Rachel's advisor too. He was a pillar here. And um, so they asked me to come help him teach, and I did. Got to spend um, some good quality time with him. We lost him in the spring of 2019. I continued to stay on, um, kind of moved over to the PTA program, teach mainly. That's my main teaching responsibility. And uh, yeah, we're just here, and we're doing it. Doing perfect. Yeah. yeah. And you also do rodeo. I do do rodeo stuff. I do everything that has to do with a horse. So um, I've worked for the rodeo sports medicine team um, my whole career. So the last 13 years, um, I go to different rodeos across the country to work on those athletes. Um, I um, I have my own horses, and I run barrels and rope and compete. Um, also uh, work on horses and riders. Um, have a couple other podcast opportunities that I do. Um, including a Writer's Edge podcast and the Healthcare Education Transformation podcast. Shout out. So, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Plug you got to plug, you plug your stuff. Where are you doing? Um, so, yeah, that's what you guys are learning with the PT How podcast. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, one of the great things about being here in Northeast Arkansas and in this department is how small it is and how connected the community is. And I think that's a great thing that's gonna come out of this podcast is helping to keep that connection um, going through the clinicians, um, alumni, and students that we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's your turn. Yep, yeah. Dr. Wilkins. That's great, Barley. Should have moved you first. I'm Rachel Wilkins, and I'm the DCE for the PT program. I've been here a whopping one year in January. It was January 2nd. So first one done. Yeah, yeah, first, yeah. So, thank you, thank you. Still here. Let's see. Uh, my areas are pediatric, so I do DCEN for the PT program, then I teach our PEDS course. Um, Specialty area, peds. I love all things peds. And then they found out earlier that I also like geriatrics. So, yep. I don't have a cool rodeo 
story. Yeah, still have a cool story. It didn't have to be a rodeo. Yeah. I do help with, so I was the Roy's GA as well. Got into hippo with him, not a horse person, but then when I came back, have hung out with Farls now. So yes, we do now. some hippo together. Um, yeah, I do refer to her as my work bestie yes, sometimes. So, yeah. It's the Ray Ray Farl show. 100%. Second episode. It's getting pretty good. Yeah. Don't hold your breath on the third episode. Depends on how he likes this gift. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, adjuncted for a few years, um, and then spot came open to move over full time. So here we are. But it's been a fun, fun learning curve from clinic to classroom, and then. Charles has been my DCE mentor, so Perfect. if you have yeah. real, real questions, first up too, you have um, uh, Bill who has adjunct <laughs> yes. and everybody survived. Yep. Gotta give a shout out to Phil. Yeah, Dr. Phil came on, uh, pharmacy adjunct professor. He'll be featured awesome. later. He's, he's fantastic. We, yeah. we, I, you know, I hear that a lot about him, but nobody ever says that about me. Well, we're not gonna tell you. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we haven't told him. Bill. Yeah. 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 He knows it though. He's like, I think they're. He knows. He's the teacher. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. He's a class guy. He's okay. really. Yeah. I'll tell her the lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> that's, a fun, that's a fun semester, though. Twisted mm -hmm. mm -hmm. arm, he makes it back. Yep. Really? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you thought about it? I feel like we learned a lot in pharmacology. He knows it really well. He really does. That's and good. He likes it too well. <laughs> well, he studied a lot before. Yeah. Uh, before. He practiced. He practiced every lecture with me prior to. Oh, did he really? Year, so. Really? Hmm. I also got a good recap of pharmacology. <laughs> you know about as good as we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but well, it's a good. I promise you do. Well. Now we're going to get into the actual content of this uh, episode, and we're going to discuss kind of clinical education. Obviously, we have our sources here, and <laughs> Dr. Farley, we're going to start with you on this. What does that process look like? And uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, um, uh, clinical education happens for any of the medical professions, um, but it looks, it's very different uh, per degree program. Um, so if you're going into OT, if you're going um, into med school, veterinary school, they all have um, real life um, experiences, uh, but they look different per profession. But so for physical therapy, um, students get sent out to clinicals with one-on-one -on -one time with a clinician. So whether you are in uh, the PT program or the PTA program, you have to go out to the clinic with one therapist and uh, work their work their caseload. And you have to go to different settings so that you are well-rounded when you get done. And 
our clinicals are very strategically placed. They are placed in between uh, semesters for the PT students. So they have, we have requirements through CAFD, our accrediting body, to have clinicals uh, within the didactic work and then to have final clinicals at the end. So both programs have them scattered in between. The PT program, I'm not stealing her thunder, <laughs> has three clinicals scattered throughout the um, didactic work, the classroom work, and PTA has one in between there, and then they both have two final clinicals that they do at the end before they come back and graduate. Cl clinical education is a must. It has a class attached to it. It is just like having passing a class. You have to pass your clinical education experience to be able to sit for the next round of classes. So it's a lockstep program for both programs. So I did PTA and PT, and so with PTA, I had two inpatient and one outpatient. Is it typical to kind of get a mix of everything, or is it usually like two and one, or two outpatient, one inpatient, or yes. what, what's the ideal? Yeah, so it depends. Every program has to determine what um, they consider as a well-rounded entry-level therapist because our goal here is to um, help you guys graduate with a degree, pass your board exam so that you're a well-rounded entry-level therapist and then if you choose to specialize into something you can go do that then. So for PTA we have determined that you have to have one outpatient clinical which means and that's what that's what a lot of times people think of when they think of physical therapy uh, is the outpatient clinics, the standalone clinics that I've had my knee uh, replaced or I've had my shoulder uh, rehabbed there. So outpatient is where you go to do rehab and then you leave. So for our program, you have to do one outpatient clinical. You have to do one inpatient clinical. And what that means specifically for PTA clinical education is that you have to do a clinical in a setting where the patient spends the night. So you can be in acute care, which is hospital, usually fresh post-op kind of treatments um, or in an inpatient rehab or a skilled nursing facility where they're staying for long periods of time. So those will fit those two requirements. And then we have our other requirement and that is can be anything. So in your case it was another inpatient uh, facility. Um, but for others that may be more interested in outpatient they would do two outpatients or pediatrics or something like that. So that encompasses showing that we do the breadth and depth of the uh, patient caseload to help you guys become very well-rounded in um, your training. Yeah. And I'd like to say you did all of mine in the middle of COVID. <laughs> so <laughs> Big shout out. I don't know if usually, you know, it's like a little bit more numbers, but even with COVID and everything, we have such a big network. Yeah, you know, it kind of, it ebbs and flows. There's a lot of things that go with that network. We have a great group here in the region. We have clinicals all throughout the state, especially here in, in Northeast Arkansas, Southern Missouri, 
Northwest Tennessee, Northern Mississippi, so kind of that Mid-South region is kind of where the bulk of our clinicals are. And we have a great network. And, and that was one of the truly heartwarming things, heartwarming things that came out of COVID was seeing that network come together because gosh, we did not, that was so hard to get completed. <laughs> um, but all the therapists out in the clinic really rallied around these ISIS students and was like, yes, this is really, this is really tough. Um, but I am willing to take on a student to help them graduate so that they can move on with their life. And to be honest, if I've been in the clinic in the middle of COVID, I don't know if I've been that tough. I probably would have been, but gosh, I, I was like, I, that was very impressive for all the CIs that took that on. Kind of, I didn't really see behind the scenes. I didn't realize it was so hard in the moment, but kind of looking back, I bet it was extremely hard, but it seemed yes, completely you, normal to us. Sure, because you were, you were actually the second COVID class, Oh yeah, right? It hit, I guess then. It was a, it was a one, yeah. it was um, the spring, the class before you. And it just turned out, you know, we all turned on the news one day. And I say this and people look at me crazy, but literally we turned the news on one day and they said, if you don't have a mask, basically put a sock over your face and go to work. I mean, that's what I felt like, like all of a sudden. And then as that was progressing and you're watching the news and it was starting to spread throughout the country, all of a sudden one day, every clinic sent every student home. And we still had... I still had, I think, seven or eight weeks of clinical time left for that class. So I had a whole clinical that they had not even attended, and they did not finish their second one. So there was some readjusting on clinical education requirement of hours in that time, which was very uh, well thought out, common sense for what was happening in the healthcare profession. But I still had to, everybody went home. We all went home. Yeah. I, it screwed up my research. I, I begged them for one <laughs> more week of treatment. Aww. And we had to scrap all that data. Um, but we, we all went home. And Becky Keith and I, we talked twice a day. I worked from my computer at home on getting people placed. And we have such a good network through there. And at 10 and 2, we would talk every day, and things would have changed so much in those hours to get everybody placed. But we graduated that class before you on time. Yeah. Everybody had a May graduation date, and that's, that, is not how, that is not the story of a lot of programs throughout the country. We are very fortunate here in the Mid-South as far as that. And then your class came along, and we graduated everybody. Everybody. And that's only the second class to do that. And that was an accomplishment in itself because you guys did not, you guys did not have a normal education, um, but you didn't know any different. So yeah. you thought it was normal. You know, we, we came into the lab halfway through the summer where there were masks, face shields, and gloves at that time because we still didn't know enough. So we were teaching manual skills with that. And then had to, it just it was it was a lot and it was tough. It was fun. <sighs> it was tough. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. And but they still rallied around your class of yes, I will take I will take these students. Um, and you guys were very good and being resilient and using your resources to go and get your clinical education. And it's a good highlight 
for the program too that even through a literal pandemic we've still got it done. Absolutely. There there are lots of programs throughout the country that did not. Uh, and we got both the PT graduating class and the PTA graduating class all had a, a May graduation date. We were able to hold a delayed ceremony for them in the summer, but they all had a May graduation date, which means that they could stay on track for taking their board exam and applying for jobs. COVID wrecked that, and they had a whole mess about that. And you guys did too. You guys had a hard time getting your sit for oh, your yeah. boards. I, I remember you. Yeah, you guys went to Springfield. You guys were on an adventure. Yeah, yeah just another day. Yeah. Just another day. It, it's interesting how looking back how adaptable we had to be and the ones that were able to do that um, have really th thrived and continued yeah. to thrive. Uh, when we walked in, we had the later test day and we saw a bunch of our classmates walking out. And also, I think don't a lot of PTA students aren't they willing to be CIs too afterwards? Absolutely, and and this goes for both PT and PTAs. And this is one of the challenges we have with clinical education is that our CIs take you guys on out of the goodness of their heart because somebody did it for them. And so they're really helping to push the profession forward. They really care about the future of the profession and it really helps them stay sharp. And so uh, we have a great network here at Arkansas State of the PTA alums who are very connected, are very involved with if we have an ask, they will help out and reach out for things. But no matter whether we're talking about PT or PTA, there there's no there's no financial benefits for the CI. They are literally doing this out of the goodness of their heart because they care. And honestly, everybody should because if they didn't do it for you, you wouldn't be able to get where you are. You know, and and so that of course we want people who want to do that and progress in their education. And we're here to support that endeavor uh, plug for our first CI day. Yeah, I say, this is every plug. <laughs> <laughs> on, Mar on Friday, March 10th, we're having our first uh, clinical instructor day where we're providing free, free continuing ed hours for anybody who has been a CI for us or anybody who wants, would, to wants to be a CI and kind of talk about some of the meat and potatoes of things that work and don't work for our Arkansas State students and really help them with that. So that happens Friday, March 10th on campus. We're going to have a social hour after from four to five because we always like to socialize when we get together. So uh, yeah. <laughs> some, cake. Yeah, some punch and cake or something <laughs> that tends to be what we do around here when we're on campus. But there is a there is a need as a clinician to kind of have some talk, some conversation, some support from either the DCEs or other faculty to help them be very good at being a clinical instructor. So, but yeah, no, that's, that's a big part of it is people who continue to do it because they care about the profession.
I feel like that's how a lot of my CIs were because I had no fucking experiences mm -hmm. and never pushed me to like do anything that I wasn't really comfortable with or didn't know and everything. Like I've had nothing but good experiences, and I think it's like a testament to Arkansas State. I'll probably be a CI one day, and it's because I like this program and mm -hmm. kind of want to give back to it. Sure. I feel like they really care. Before we move on to PT, is there anything looking forward to as far as PTA clinical education? One last sign off or anything? Or yeah, no, we um, both programs are getting ready to do availability uh, March first. That's always a, a big day in clinic land. What is that? So that is where we send out to all of our clinical contacts the availability for the next academic year. Oh. So we send out our dates for our clinicals and ask for how many spots they have available for us. And so that, that kind of gets a little amped up in the spring. That's a, <laughs> it's a large undertaking. Yeah. But, you know, we're just looking forward. Uh, I'm particularly looking forward to CI Day and continuing to uh, deepen some of our relationships and make new ones throughout a couple, um, a couple areas here in Northeast Arkansas, you know, and even throughout the state uh, to continue to give uh, the PTA students a wide variety of choices. Sweet, sweet. Start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or should we PT. start with PT? Um, let's start with, it's very, it's Excellent. almost, yeah, it's very, very similar to PTA, mostly because we've tried to make them as similar as possible because we have a lot of the same partners. Right. And so we want them, if they get something from Farley, our student from Farley, if they get one from me, then they can expect similar things when it comes to assignments and things like that. Um, the biggest difference between the two is we have five clinicals. PTA has the three. Um, we have three required, which is the inpatient, it's a longer term stay, acute care, so it can be an overnight type of stay at a hospital, outpatient. And then our other two are whatever your interests are. So you can, if you like peds, you can have a peds clinical. If you want another inpatient, get another inpatient. If you like pelvic health, we'll try to put you in some type of pelvic health setting. Um, so that you at least get two that are, that, yeah, like yeah, really, really what it. you want to do. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference sure. is yeah. the three and five. Yeah. So. That would be the, otherwise it's set up almost identical to PTA. Sweet. So the two that you pick, can you go literally anywhere? Yeah. If yeah. you want to go to California. So, yeah, so I try to, there, there's been some that have wanted to go further away. Um, and then I, I do try to wait because this is my, you know, one year in, so I'm really seasoned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do try to wait. If you're wanting to go somewhere far, it does take a while to set up a new clinical contract. It can take up to a year, depending on what type of company, if it's a corporation you're wanting to go to. But I try to cater to if you're wanting to go back home. So say you want to go back to Illinois, and I try to get your four and five at the place that you're wanting to go back to, if possible. doesn't always work. But you do have, if you have a place you're wanting to go visit, 
save that for the long ones, mostly for travel reasons too. It's kind of hard to flip from five-week cl yeah. clinical in California to a five-week clinical in Jonesboro. Um, so, <laughs> so we do, I do try to cater to that, but you can go anywhere. If we can get a contract set up and we think it's a reliable site, I always Zoom with them beforehand, talk to where you're in, not you picking something out specifically, you just give me the location mm -hmm. and then I will fill the area on who I think would be appropriate and if anybody's willing to, to take on another student. Yeah, there are some caveats yeah. with that. That, making sure, because both of us are quality over quantity. Like, we yeah. don't, we want you to go to a quality side. And so she does a great job of vetting those sides. But also, it, it depends on the student, too, because you have to show that you're proficient in everything yeah. before you are allowed to go to the clinic. Right. So if you are struggling academically, or you are struggling in the lab with your hands-on skills, no matter if you want to go to California, yeah. we may not think that's a great fit for you. And we as faculty discuss all of that prior to clinicals. That way I know, because I don't have y'all in class except for Pete, so um, I will discuss with our other faculty, she does the same on where is this student at? Are they are they comfortable to go somewhere? Or do I feel comfortable letting them go somewhere further off? Because I can't go just to make a side visit to California. Yeah. I mean, we can. can. That has happened. <laughs> but we try to be, you know, good stewards of our resources. Yeah. Not only here at here at the university, but for you guys as well. Mm -hmm. and, and what is best fit for you guys. So um, there have been instances where the students are a little disappointed. And then when they come back, they go, oh, that really worked out. Yeah. Turns out sometimes we do know what we're talking about. <laughs> it always works out. Fine. Mm -hmm. Even when I had no idea what I wanted, I always had a great clinical rotation. I don't know. I never really was interested in inpatient. And mm -hmm. then I got those two inpatient rotations. And now I probably would do inpatient. And then, I don't know. It just kind of all... And that we, we see that a lot in clinical education. Now, there are some students that a certain setting drew them to physical therapy. That's yeah. all they want to do. Right. They're, and, and that's all that they they do. Like, yeah. And that was the same for me. I, I came here through outpatient orthopedic right. therapy, and that's all I've ever wanted to do. But we see it all the time. I've had students go, you know, I had this great clinical, and I have completely changed what my interest is. So it's um, some of the good things about clinical education is you can kind of find your niche and what you want to do or your interest. You can also find what you're not interested in. <laughs> you can go, oh, that's not for me. And that's as important as knowing what you want to do. You know, what what is the absolute not going to work? And what what's, may work and what's, oh, this is what I'm passionate about. Because um, the profession needs more people passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of our secondary goal in clinical education is helping you guys figure out what drives you. And y'all do actively try to pursue that goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 
I know, it's like good to know like, yeah. from the student side of things. It's like, yeah. hey, I need to be on my A game if I'm trying to go somewhere outlandish. <laughs> and, uh, and it's still like a tailored yeah. education experience. We so. always know more yeah. than it appears. It's like your parents. Inside scoop. <laughs> Always know. That's why it takes so long. <laughs> <laughs> we know too much. Too many things. I'm like, no, no, not, not a good thing. No shot. That's it on there. Is there anything else? I think. No, I think. Answered pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think a great next step in this conversation today is you guys kind of talking about your side of clinical education and how you were prepared um, or not just remember you were actively sitting across the table <laughs> not and i still take care of it <laughs> but i i think and we're interested in that part too because we're on this side of it. You guys are on that side of it. And so we worked real hard to streamline both programs and how they operate and how you guys, how we help you prepare specifically for the clinic with our preclinical meetings, different things like that. But even just giving some insight into it, you know, were you nervous? Were, you know, because that stuff's real. And I don't think we talk about that very well because if nerves are good, it's not all bad. Like that means there's something at stake and something that's important to you. But kind of, kind of speak on your experience um, through clinical education this far. All right, sounds good. I'll go first. Uh, to start, I was absolutely petrified. Um, 100%. I was like, oh man, because in reality of things, like this is my occupation. This is what I want to go to. This is what I'm pursuing. And I'm like, this is real. You go into your first clinical education. I'm like, it's gonna be. <laughs> I'm like applying the knowledge that I just learned for the previous year. I was like, this is real. I was like, do I know this? Do I know how to eval properly? Do I even know how to do like all the manual skills I was taught properly? So there's me. That's how my head works. Moving a million miles an hour, stressing out. But you get there and you do realize you you know more than you might think. Um, but it is. So it was my clinical experience. Yes, it had its ups and downs. But a lot of the cool ups at the clinical side that I went to, there was also a lot of students there. So it's really cool because you can relate um, as well as there's a lot of other PTs and PTAs to help you out. So it was really cool because I felt it was a good in entry level clinical clinical education. Got my feet a little wet, got me a little bit more confident um, in myself. And I got to learn just, I don't know, it was just good. I don't really, it's kind of it. It's just yeah. overall pretty good. Ate a lot of good food. My CI paid for food afterwards. Like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 I know that. Some, some of mine did, so. but not every meal. I mean, that's it's great. It was it was awesome. But don't backtracking a little bit. Like beforehand, I think the program at A State did well with just helping us to um, know what to expect with clinical education. Yeah, I don't really have more to say yeah. on that. I I enjoyed it. It was a good intro one, and I'm excited for the summer and then the next next spring as well. Yeah. So yeah, so you've been through one. Yeah. 
And it is completely normal to be petrified or have a I remember sitting in the parking lot before I walked in and I called Roy. I was like, oh, I, was like I can't. You gotta remember, you gotta understand, Roy. Everybody had Roy's number. Oh, yeah. You just call Roy about anything. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I can't do this. What am I gonna do? And he's like, "Oh, Rock, you got this." And then you're like, "Okay." And then you went in and did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you do have to fake it till you make yeah, it. <laughs> There's some of it though. It's like getting that hands-on experience. I know for me, you're stretching out someone's like knee. I was like, "Am I like cranking it too much?" But you get comfortable with knowing that. And that's something you can't even learn. Just time now. Yeah, you, you, you don't know what a deficit feels like till oh, you've yeah. actually worked on one. So yeah. You don't know how hard you're supposed to push on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to yeah, I was like, go do it. I'm yeah. like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's I still struggle with it, but it's it's cool though. Your turn. Yeah. I did PTA and MPT. I've had four. Which is through bedroom. As much as thirty years. But so first one. PTA, it was an outpatient clinic in Mississippi, mm -hmm. super fun, kind of a smaller town, so it was a lot more intimate. Mm -hmm. um, saw a lot of different stuff compared to my first outpatient for PT. Mm -hmm. um, there was a big factory in that small town, and mm -hmm. so a bunch of them, like a bunch okay. of workman's comp, yeah. comp and, uh, just stuff like that. That first one, petrified, sure. super scared. Um, but the PTA program, really uh, prepared me. She, uh, I think Becky's whole philosophy is push you way harder than you need to be pushed. And so Absolutely. whenever it comes to the real stuff, it's um, Absolutely. I don't have near as much uh, weight on my shoulders in the clinic that I did in the program, which is good. good. I was really prepared. And then, uh, so after that first rotation, felt okay, like, okay, I can do this. Then I went to inpatient. That's a whole other beast. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of gate belts. I'll drop somebody. My second retirement. Oh, <laughs> 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 and then you had to do the incident report. Incident report. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I told you, but I told Becky. I was like, I just suck so bad. And then uh, learned from it. Sure. Had dropped my license. Sure. Um, then after that, I was like, okay, I can do inpatient now. And then third rotation was inpatient again. Felt fine. Felt like it was something I was good at. Loved it. And then, uh, so my first PTA rotation, I didn't really like outpatient. And first PT rotation, I was outpatient and loved it. And so now I'm still up in the air on what I want to do. <laughs> I know I like inpatient, and I'm one and two on outpatient right now. So. You know, we'll see. the world also needs more passionate generalists. Yeah. Because Roy was a generalist. Yeah. yeah. Do it all. He could do it all. Yeah. He could do it all. And there is a place, there is a place for that as well. well. I was a lot more comfortable, I guess, going into my first PT rotation. I told my PTA, like, I basically told them, I don't want all these eyes on me all the time, like I'm some fresh new student. Like, I just kind of want to get out and do my own thing and stuff. And he was really good about complying to that. Like, yeah. I was doing evals solo as long as they weren't something I just had been exposed to. Sure. 
five two weeks. Really helped me out. And that's one of the neat things about clinical education is being able to tailor your education. Like you guys are here in school in a lab with anywhere from, you know, a 16 to 30 students depending upon the situation. And while we do have a great lab system here, that's, that's one of the neat things and the draw for me to clinical education is helping you guys tailor your education because that's where you get one-on-one -on -one time with another clinician. So if they're good at what they do, then they're, they can respect that and take you to that level versus their next student may be on a very traditional uh, PT school path and this be the first time they've ever yeah. been in a clinic. That was my first PT, yeah. my first clinical in PT school. Because I was gonna be a vet my whole life. And then I switched in undergrad to PT. And so I was like, I've never really been in a, I mean, <laughs> clinic. <laughs> Joe, my dad did shoulder rehab, but I don't really know what's going on here. Now look at you. And now look at And now look at wow. oh, I keep, while we're having this conversation, I keep thinking about how if Roy was here, he would eat this up, this oh. podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just totally dominate. And he would be on like every one of them. <laughs> I was going to say, he watches this and it would be every week. Every week. Every week. Every week. Yeah. Or he's busted. Yeah, doesn't Yeah, he's And then y'all would stop and allow him to come on. And then you may be still recording and he would never leave. But yeah, no, he would totally, totally eat this up. Sometimes I'll roll it up. Sometimes I'm busting in other places, but I'm very careful. I don't, I don't have his charisma and charm, so I'm very careful on who I pick to bust in yeah, I to their class. I he had a ton of charisma. Oh, <laughs> yes. Elvis suit to really like bring on a new. The Elvis. Oh, so he Elvis. impersonated. He had, he had impersonated. He was an Elvis impersonated. No. He had a couple of different suits. Oh, yeah, he had several suits. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then he also did <laughs> other dress up. I mean, we yeah, cannot confirm or deny if he helped with the North Pole or not. Uh, yes. Yeah. We, we can't confirm <laughs> or deny that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, what else? We have the pictures in the oh, no. um, in his britches, his, the yes. English habit. Yes. Um, so, yeah. He... <laughs> was that in your class? Were you that in school? Was, no, that wasn't my class. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, he would he would eat this up. He would eat this up. And and you know, and that's we. There's always it's amazing to have one individual touch that many people, yeah. and he still touches people even though we're in classes of students who just hear about him through us. But even we have you know this recordings in January of twenty three. We have the Roy Golf Tournament. For this year, it'll happen on May 5th at Sage Meadows. And that's a big, it's a big fundraiser for us. But it's also a big network and a big way to honor him because it, it encompasses everything that he was passionate about, which was helping students, uh, passion for the PT profession and, and moving that forward. And he likes golfing. 
<laughs> he liked rummaging at golf. Do you know he used to call me while he was out walking with the other golf? The Lynx. The Lynx, yeah. And he had all these golf balls. Oh, yeah. He, was, he had, yeah, totes of them. But he had <laughs> shoes and they were his size. Did he wear them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did he buy some like boom box? Did he buy a boom box or something? I don't know. Yeah, that was back he's... when they were like actual boom boxes. Yeah. I'm not coming up with a weird term no, here. He... <laughs> he was like, let's put it in the garage. <laughs> some shoes and boom boxes. <laughs> so many tees. And just, oh, yeah. And so many buckets of golf balls. Golf balls, yeah. <laughs> I have a Red Wolf one and a Razorback one from him. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, buckets of golf balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
all the analytics this episode will be like well uh thank you all for tuning in to the next episode and uh we'll see you in the next the pt how podcast our purpose here is to cultivate the advancement and community of the physical therapy profession by furthering the knowledge of students building a network among physical therapists and getting the key highlights of a state's physical therapy program all through simple conversations